be reading uh, Mark 4, 21 through 23. He said to them, Do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Questions spark conversation and stimulate learning. When we ask, we learn. Jesus asked many questions during his ministry, but most of Jesus' questions were not asked to learn something he didn't already know. His questions were usually asked to teach us something we need to know. What can we learn from questions Jesus asked? People often ask Jesus questions. That wasn't unusual for people to approach Jesus with questions because they wanted to know something. In a boat, in a storm, while Jesus was asleep, his disciples woke him up and asked him a question. Do you not care if we drown? That was their question. A rich man came up to Jesus one time and he said, Teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Another question. The Pharisees tried to trap Jesus with questions. One time they thought they had him in a corner and they asked him, Jesus, is it lawful to get a divorce for any reason? Another question. People like to ask questions of Jesus. Even his disciples, his closest apostles and followers, Thomas said, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? It makes sense that people would ask Jesus questions, doesn't it? I mean, if Jesus was here with you today, wouldn't you ask him some questions? If he was sitting across from you at a coffee shop, wouldn't you have a whole list of questions to ask Jesus? Probably you would start with some why questions. Why is this happening in our world? Why did this happen in our world? Why is this happening in my life? How am I supposed to deal with this? You would ask some of those big questions. You might also ask him to, to clarify some of his teachings. What did you mean by this, Jesus? Or what is this specifically referring to? Or are we doing this correctly? Maybe you would ask him, what's heaven like? Jesus, describe heaven. You probably have a lot of questions. Maybe you would even have random questions about the mysteries of the universe. Are there really aliens, Jesus? <laughs> Who put Stonehenge there? Will OU ever win another football game, you know? <laughs> Those real mysteries that we're all wanting to know. <laughs> it makes sense that you would ask Jesus questions because questions are how we often learn. I mean, when you take a class, what's on a test? Questions. Trying to see if we have learned anything. Questions, they spark conversation, they prompt learning. Questions are about discovery. That's why children ask so many questions, because everything is new to them. They are discovering the world around them. They are discovering themselves and, and what it's all about. And probably most of us adults would be well served to maybe ask more questions than spouting off answers. We could probably learn a few things if we would continue to ask questions. But Jesus wasn't just asked questions by people. Jesus asked people questions. Now, why would a seemingly all-knowing Jesus ask someone a question? Was there something he was trying to learn that he didn't already know? Was he trying to discover something for the very first time? Why would Jesus ask questions? Here's what I think. I believe Jesus 
ask questions not so that he might learn something, but that we might learn something. You see, when Jesus asked questions, he was revealing things. He was pointing to things. He was disclosing things. He was saying, please think about these things, especially from a spiritual perspective. Consider the eternal view of this idea. Jesus was asking questions to uncover and reveal the true nature of the kingdom. And so we are starting this series today questions Jesus asked. And we're going to look at some of the many questions Jesus asked. We can't look at all of the questions. We're going to look at some of the questions he asked and really consider what is it he wants us not just to know and not just to learn, but what is it Jesus wants us to consider in our lives, to be transformed by this truth that is behind the question he is asking. Maybe we can learn something. Maybe we can learn something that changes our lives. And so this series is going to be interesting, I think, because anytime you look at the words of Jesus, it is interesting, and it is relevant, and it is powerful. We do have our Discovery Bible Study bookmarks. Those are out in the lobby. If you want to grab one of those, they're also on our website. You can read the text along with our sermon series. Better than that, you can open up the text with someone and say, hey, let's, let's look at this together and let's just talk about how we see God and what is God saying to us and let's really get in each other's lives and get in the word of God. And so those resources are available. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4 today if you want to turn over there. So a few weeks ago, I, I decided to, to go out and get some of these outdoor string lights that are so popular. You've seen these, right, at coffee shops and cafes and people are putting them on their back patios and porches and I thought hey we have a little sitting area in the back I'll I'll get some of those lights and put them up and so I go to the store and I buy a 50 foot strand of these lights and I bring them home I open them up and the bulbs are not screwed into the little plugs yet or the little sockets yet and so I think hey that's probably good you know I'm always thinking so I say I'll hang the strand of lights up put the bulbs in after I hang it up. That way, the strand will be easier to maneuver and I won't step on one of the bulbs or drop it and they'll get broken. It's the, this is a great idea. And so I get out the stepladder and I get zip ties and brackets and I'm hanging these lights up everywhere and arranging them and rearranging them and trying to get full coverage. And finally, I get them where I think they look good and I think, okay, now I got to screw in all these light bulbs so I take the time and screw in all the light bulbs and finally it's the moment of truth I plug it in turn it on and nothing it was a Clark Griswold moment <laughs> no lights not even one light came on I thought what in the world is going on now I know what some of you are thinking you're thinking why didn't you put the light bulbs in and plug it in and test it before you hung it up and to that I would respond, that's a very good question. <laughs> Where were you when I needed you? <laughs> I didn't do that. I had another plan that I thought was so brilliant. So I'm looking at this strand of lights hanging up. Not a one of them is lit up. And then what happens? You go into, right, you go into problem-solving mode. And there's, there's an issue. What is it? So I check the plug. I check the extension cord. I go to the breaker box. I check that. I check the light bulbs everything looks fine and finally I realize on the plug there's a little 
fuse inside the plug. And I think, oh, maybe it's the fuse. So I open it up, take out the fuse. Sure enough, the fuse was burned out. It came with an extra fuse. So they knew this was going to happen. So I get the extra fuse. I put it in there, close it, plug it in, turn it on. Nothing. No lights. Nothing. I think, okay, maybe it's the fuse again. So I open up the plug. Sure enough, burnt fuse. Hmm. You know the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over. Well, guess what I did? I got another fuse. <laughs> I didn't have any, so I called my neighbor up. Hey, do you have any fuses? And I go to all this trouble to get another fuse, put the fuse in, plug it in a different, plug it in a different place this time. See, I'm not insane. I wouldn't do the same thing, expect a different result. Plug it in a new plug, turn it on, nothing. No lights. Finally, I realized I got a defective strand of lights. And so I had to take out all the bulbs and take down the entire strand of lights. I was so disappointed, so disappointed. But I think that story illustrates an important truth, the truth we all know, and that lights are meant to shine. If they don't shine, there is a problem. Because lights, inherently, their purpose is to shine. In that simple truth, that truth that we all know, that is at the heart of Jesus' question that we're looking at today. But his question isn't about exterior illumination. It's about something so much more important than that. It is about revealing the true nature of the kingdom in the world. In essence, it is about letting your light shine. So in Mark chapter 4, Jesus shares the parable of the soils or the parable of the sower we sometimes call it a farmer is out he is sowing seed it falls in different places different types of soil based on the conditions of the soil there are different results different outcomes and only the seed that falls on the good ground the good earth produces a crop that is multiplying produces this multiplying crop of fruit and then, after the parable, Jesus says this phrase in verse 9. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, his disciples who were there, they had ears and they were listening, but they weren't exactly hearing. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. Why is Jesus talking to us about a farmer and seed and soil and birds and thorns? It doesn't make sense. And so they wait till Jesus is all alone and they say, Jesus, why do you speak to us in stories? Why do you talk to us in these riddles? And here's what Jesus says, verse 11. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that, and then he quotes Isaiah 6, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise... They may turn and be forgiven. And then Jesus explains the parable. After saying truth must be disclosed, it must be revealed, he shares, he discloses the truth behind this parable. He says the seed is the word of God and it's put on different soils, the hearts of, of people, and those hearts are in different places and some of those hearts have been hardened and some of those hearts have been distracted and so the seed does not take root, it doesn't grow, it doesn't sustain, it doesn't multiply, but on the good soil, the good heart, the seed does take root, it grows and it produces this multiplying harvest. And then Jesus asks our question, 
Our question of the day, verse 21. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. There's that phrase again. If you have ears to hear, then let you hear. So what question does Jesus ask? It's a very simple question, isn't it? It's one of those questions you like to have on your test. First of all, it's true-false. You've got a 50-50 shot. And it's, it's a common-sense question. Here's his question. Do you hide a lamp? Well, of course not. The very purpose of a lamp, the very purpose of a light is to give light, to shine light, to illuminate something. And so why would you ever hide a lamp? Why would you ever cover a light unless you wanted to be in the dark, unless you wanted to conceal something, you wanted to hide something? So the answer is, of course not. You don't hide a lamp. And that's Jesus's point. His point is this, the good news of the kingdom of God is meant to be shared. It's not meant to be hidden. It's not meant to be concealed. It is meant to be revealed and shared with the world. But here's the thing. You must have ears to hear. You see, that's his whole point. Your heart must be receptive. You must be that good soil. You, you must have this, this hunger for spiritual truth, this, this desire to truly see the eternal behind the physical. Otherwise, it's just a story about farming, right? There's nothing spiritual about that. You have to long and hunger for something spiritual. And if your heart has been hardened by the world, or by pain, or suffering, or doubt, or if your eyes have been blinded by cynicism, or selfishness, or if your ears are only tuned to the voice inside your head that always starts with I and me, or the voices out in a culture that looks at Jesus with no love, with no admiration, with only disdain, apathy at best, then you're only going to hear the physical you're only going to hear a farming story. That's why Jesus says, if you have ears to hear, you should hear. If you have a heart that is tuned to the spiritual. And I think that Jesus and that God puts that in us. And when we bear witness to the kingdom, when we live out what it's like to live according to the values of God's kingdom, and when we embody the gospel and we share the gospel and we talk about and we in our lives represent good news. I mean, the world needs good news right now. When we do all of those things, then I think people's ears open up and their eyes open up. Because the Spirit of God is at work to open eyes and ears. But when we keep to ourselves... When we hide the truth, when we conceal the gospel, when we live out more bad news than good news, then why would we expect the world to be drawn to God? Why would we expect our friends and coworkers and neighbors and family members to see and hear the spiritual? Now, Jesus isn't saying you have to have great ears and a good mind to be in the kingdom. No, he's saying 
you have to want to see. You have to long. You have to have the spiritual hunger. And I think that's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now, wait a second. How can the message of the cross be different for different people? The message of the cross does not change. It's the same message. So how can it be different for different people? Because those who, for whatever reason, refuse to hear won't see the cross as anything other than a threat or maybe a nice fictional story or something that those people at church deal with. It has no relevance for me. It's foolishness to those who are not hungering for truth. Jesus didn't make people listen. We can't make people listen to the gospel. But again, when we live it out, when we live out the good news, then they get a chance to hear. They get a chance to see. They get a chance to experience the gospel. And so what is our job? Our job is to not hide the light but to reveal the kingdom of God in this world, to let our lights shine. Remember, that's what we said lights are supposed to do. They're supposed to shine. That is our job. Jesus also used this metaphor in the Sermon on the Mount, probably a passage that, that if you've been around church very long at all, you may be more familiar with. Matthew 5, verse 14. You, he says, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. There's that idea of concealing or covering the light. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise and give glory to your Father in heaven. Jesus says you draw people to God when you live out the good news. They see your sincerity. They see your heart. They hear your words. They see your love, your care, and concern. And they are drawn to what is behind that. Well, what's behind that? God is behind that. Our Lord Jesus is behind that. That's our job. The purpose of light is to shine. I'm telling you something you already know. But that's not just true for a little outdoor lights that you string up in your backyard that is true for your life the purpose of your life is to shine and if it's not shining then there's a problem and you need to understand what the problem is and address the problem you need to check the bulbs and check the fuse and check the cord and check the plug there's something going on what is it you see I think there are many things that we allow to keep us from shining fear is one of the biggest ones isn't it we're just afraid. We're afraid what people will think. We're afraid what people will say. We're, we're afraid that we won't say something right or we'll mess up or we'll be embarrassed. So we're afraid. Sometimes it's simply apathy. We don't notice people. We don't really think about people as lost who don't have Christ in their lives. We, maybe on our bad days, we, we don't care. We've got enough going on. We're just trying to get through the day. And speaking of, I think busyness is one of, the, one of the biggest obstacles for us shining our light and sharing our faith. We just have so much going on, so many demands on our time and energy and effort. 
So many schedules to keep, places to be, things to do. Maybe we feel inadequate or unqualified. What am I supposed to do? What can I say? I don't know how to help anyone see Jesus or hear the gospel. We have our list of excuses, don't we? And every excuse and every reason and every rationale is simply a bowl, to use Jesus' word, a bowl that we allow Satan to put over us to conceal the gospel, to hide the good news. As we consider what it means to shine our lights, as we consider what it means not to hide our lights, not to cover them, let me share two examples that come with two appeals. The first one is our 100 points of light. Maybe you've heard about this. Maybe you read it in the bulletin. You know, as we've already said, we are celebrating our centennial. 100 years in this community coming up on November 6th. And that's a great time of celebration. But it's got to be more than that. That is not about us patting ourselves on the back. Look at this big church building. Look at all the things we've done. That is a time to look to God, to acknowledge God. And to see where he has brought us, what he has done through us and in us, and what he continues to do in us and through us, and what hopefully, prayerfully, he will in the future do in us and through us. You see, it's not just a time to celebrate that we are in this community. It is a time to serve this community. We want this community to know that we are here, not because we have this big, massive, beautiful building on the corner of a major intersection, but because those are the people who truly care. Those are the people who bring good news into a world that desperately needs good news. Those are the people who are real, not perfect, but real. And their love for Jesus and their love for other people is real. That's what 100 Points of Light is all about. It is a congregational outreach service initiative to get us into this community. It's going to be October 16th through 22nd. That's basically next week. It's right after some of you enjoy a few days off for fall break, which is nice. And there are three main areas, three main areas. And as I talk about these, I, I want to ask you to consider being involved in one or two or three of these. Whatever your schedule allows, whatever. I mean, everyone's kind of at a different place. I get that. But we can all do something. Three areas. Let's put the QR code on the screen. You can sign up right now if you want to. The first area is neighboring. In neighboring, what we're simply saying is be intentional next week. Shouldn't be just next week, but, you know, structure provides opportunity. So next week, be intentional about blessing a neighbor. Go knock on their door. Give them cookies. Give them a candle. Give them flowers. Do something, yard work. Maybe just ask, hey, can we pray for you? Or go on a prayer walk through your neighborhood. Have you ever done that? That is... That is a wonderful thing that God really works through. You just walk through your neighborhood or a nearby neighborhood, and as you come across a house, you just pray for those people, even if you don't know them. If you know them, great, pray for them by name. If you don't, pray for what's going on in that house. Pray for the relationships. Pray for the choices that are being made. And just walk down the street. What happens is, you know, people are outside sometimes, and they see you stop in front of their house, and like, what are these people doing? You say, hey, we're just here praying. Can we pray for you? Is there anything we can pray about? Surprisingly, people will ask you to pray for them. So do something for your neighbors. Encourage them, pray for them, serve them in some way. Take the initiative to do that. Another area is prayer and encouragement. We can all pray. 
If you can't get out, if you can't mow a yard or make cookies or walk down the street, that's fine. You can pray. And so pray for your neighborhood. Pray for this community. Pray for this congregation. Pray for our missionaries. Pray for our youth group, our campus ministry. Pray for all the various ministries, our children's ministry, our seniors ministry, young adults ministry. We have a thousand ministries around here. Pray for them, specifically that God will be active among us. And then send a note or a text or a card and offer encouragement. You know how much that means to you when someone does that. Why don't you take the initiative to encourage someone else? Just write a few words. Be an encouragement. See, that's something we can all do. But we want you to sign up for that, okay? The third area is community. And we have some very specific projects planned. We're partnering with Edmund Mobile Mills. And for next week, we are taking all of their deliveries. That's 16 deliveries Monday through Friday. That's a lot. So we need a lot of volunteers to help us with that delivering meals to people in need. We have a project where we're making uh, special gifts for senior members, people over 80, and we wanna deliver them and encourage our older members. We have a project where we're working with Edmund OU Hospital, just a few blocks north of us, to give their nursing staff care packages and just say, hey, we're your neighbors down the street, we appreciate what you're doing, keep it up, God bless you. Pray with them if they'll let us. Tell them we're praying for them. Also, a very practical project coming up here to do some work on the building to get it ready for our November 6th celebration. There are so many opportunities. And our goal is to have at least 100 people signed up in each area, thus the name, 100 Points of Light. But really the goal is for every member, young, old, everybody in between, to sign up for something. Sign up and be involved in some way. So let me encourage you. What a great way to let your light shine. Sometimes we just need a prompt, don't we? Sometimes we just need someone to say, hey, come on, do this. Or do this with me. Right? Let's do this together. So please consider signing up for that. All right? Second opportunity. Today, of course, is Commission Sunday. As you know, our involvement on Commission Sundays during the year fund our missionaries and mission trips, which we hope to get back online real soon. But we do lots of mission projects too, care packages and camps and other things. If you saw the bulletin this week, you saw that looking outward has always been at the heart of this congregation. We started in 1922. It was around 1930 that those Christians, those few, that handful of Christians meeting in Edmond, said, you know what, we need, to, we need to reach out. We need to look beyond ourselves. And so they made their first official missions offering. I don't think they called it Commission Sunday. I probably didn't. But they made their first official missions offering. They gave $5. $5, they sent it to way up north to Guthrie. That was the mission field. $5 to Guthrie as mission work. They called it mission work. You know, back then, $5, that was a lot of money. Now, fast forward 100 years, I guess a little bit less than 100 years, 100 years or so, almost a century, and now we invest basically a half a million dollars every year in missions because it is, at, it is close to our heart. It is, it is at the core of who we are, sharing the gospel around this world. So that's why we have so many missionaries. That's why we encourage 
people to go on mission trips. We want people in the world shining the light, sharing the gospel. It's such an important thing that God does through us. And all of these missionaries and all of these places like the flags here, those aren't just pins on a map. Those are real people, real places, doing God's real work in sharing the gospel. And so let me tell you about one of those people. I asked Kai and Ludia Courtright, who were in Germany, to tell me a little bit about Mira. Mira was a, a young lady who grew up in Central Asia in a Muslim home. And while her Muslim faith, her parents' Muslim faith, wasn't really pushed on her, she, she certainly wasn't a Christian or had any reference for Christianity. She studied language, specifically German, and she wanted to be a language teacher. She eventually moved to Germany to study German. And after her studies and after her teacher training, she stuck around in Leipzig, where we have the court rights. And she found out about Let's Start Talking. And she was interested in that. She wanted to improve her English. And so she got connected with the church there. She started doing Let's Start Talking, which is much like our friends speak, teaching conversational English using the Bible. She got involved and she got connected to the Christians there. And, and of course, they loved on her and fellowshiped with her. But then all of a sudden, she sort of faded away. She drifted away. She stopped coming to church. She stopped being involved in Let's Start Talking. And she was on her own. And during that time, evidently, she, she had some struggles. She made some choices that weren't necessarily the best. And finally, one day, she realized, I need what I had with those people. There's something about those people. Those people who live in a very intentional way of loving and caring and with concern, basically saying that they let their lights shine. And she was drawn to the light. And so she, she reached back out to them, hoping that they would bring her in that they would accept her and I'm certainly they they did with outstretched arms they took her in and that's when Kai and Lydia really got involved in it and they started meeting with her and they started studying the Bible with her and pretty soon she realized that she needed to give her life to Christ and here she is being baptized just a few weeks ago there's no audio on this video but you can watch as she is baptized go ahead making that decision to put Christ on in baptism. You see, I, I tell you this story because I want you to see that, that God is doing amazing things. I like the fist pump, the fist pump, that's great. God is doing amazing things in the lives of people all over this world. Here's what Kai said about Mira. He said, through her fellowship with Christians, she was introduced to Jesus and has come to know He is the way. She finds guidance and strength in God, which she confessed at her baptism she desperately needs, and now she is found in Christ. The mistakes of the past have been washed away. A new creation has come. Amen. That's what it's about. That's what we should be about. About not covering, not concealing the light for whatever reason, but letting the light shine. Living in such a way with purpose, an intentionality that says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me tell you the good news. Let me tell you about Jesus. Of course, today is Commission Sunday. 
And I hope that you either have or will give sacrificially. As you know, there are several ways to give. You know the routine. Um, Maybe text giving is the easiest way. Or maybe you schedule your normal giving, but Commission Sunday you want to give more. And and so maybe texting is the way to do that. However you do it, that's, that's great. But I would encourage you to give, to give sacrificially, to give cheerfully, to see stories like Mira and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God is doing to advance the kingdom, to make a true difference, a real difference in people's lives and in this world. You can be. We are called to be. And as we celebrate a century, as we celebrate a hundred years here, and we look around and we say, man, God has been good to us. With that gratitude and with that recognition of blessing comes responsibility to share what God has given us to be a channel of his blessing to this world, to be a reflection of his light in this world. And so I want us, as we conclude, to again be challenged to give sacrificially. And I want us to pause and to pray a prayer of blessing over the offering today and this week for Commission Sunday. So let's bow together. Father God, we thank you so much for the way you bless us. When we think of blessings, we often think of physical things. And certainly you have poured physical blessings out for us but God most importantly you have blessed us in spiritual ways you give us peace and we need it so desperately you give us hope that causes us to see beyond our circumstances that causes us to look beyond the pain the strife the challenges of this world God you give us joy joy that says whatever's happening you are in control And that is a good thing, Father. And we can live with a sense of joy that transcends happiness, a sense of joy that that is conveyed as we live out our lives as the good news, the gospel. Father, you give us forgiveness and salvation for those we are so thankful. But God, as you have given us so much, help us to realize that those gifts don't stop with us. We are simply channels through which those flow. So God, help us to find ways to look for opportunities and to step boldly into those opportunities to shine your light, to share your love, to speak of and embody the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Thank you for Mira and for people all over this world who are being drawn to the light because of what you're doing through this congregation, through our missionaries, through our mission efforts. And God, the money that is given today, the money that's been given this week for Commission Sunday, I pray that you would use it as an investment in your kingdom, that you would draw people to you, that you would advance the borders of your kingdom, that you would help us to live, first and foremost, as citizens of your kingdom. And as we live and as we serve, Father, may other people see our good deeds and praise your name, be drawn to you. We give you all the glory and the praise and the thanks. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. So thank you so much for your generosity. Well, I ended up uh, taking the lights back and I got a new strand of lights. And this time I put the light bulbs in first, tested it, it worked, and then I hung it up. And so now we have lights shining. That's what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to shine. That's what you are supposed to do. You're supposed to shine. So don't let anything cover your light. Don't let anything conceal 
the light of the Lord living and shining through you. Let your light shine. So join us for 100 points of light. Join us for Commission Sunday. And even more than that, live with a sense of purpose. A sense of purpose that says, my job here, whatever context I'm in, school, job, family, home, neighborhood, wherever it is, my job is to be a light. This world desperately needs light. And you have an opportunity to be the light. So do that this week. As we wrap up, let me just offer an invitation to you. Jesus' invitation was, if you have ears to hear, then hear. And I think there is no more fitting invitation. If you have ears, tune them to the heart and the voice of Jesus. And if this morning they are tuned to Jesus and he is speaking to you, prompting action, then do whatever he is prompting you to do. Do whatever the Spirit is prompting you to do in his name and for his glory. And if that involves bringing others alongside you, then please let us be those people. We can pray for you. We can encourage you. We can share with you. In just a moment, a couple of our shepherds and their wives will be in the parlor. It's a little room right behind me in that hallway. And when we stand up, you can exit, go there. They will encourage you. They will pray for you. You will be blessed by that time there. Or you can come down to the front, and we as a church family here today will do that. We'll pray for you. We'll encourage you. Maybe today you're ready because your ears have heard the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're ready to give your life to Christ, to be baptized into Christ, dying to self. I no longer want to live for me. I want to live for Jesus. Being raised out of the water to live as a new creation. We want to celebrate with you today and help you with that. If there's something we can do, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.